0: Welcome back to the LED Project Podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger and uh, this is episode, oh gosh, I've lost track, 112 or one, I think 113 of our podcast and we're super excited to have Monique Waters on our podcast tonight. How are you?
1: I'm good. How is everybody? How are you?
0: Good. Really good. I, uh, I live in Wisconsin and it's all of a sudden decided that it was going to go from 80 or almost 92 weeks ago to now in the 40s every day. So, you know, that's super fun.
1: Yeah, same. Well, we're not in the 40s. That's crazy, but it's fall here now, which is my favorite, so I'm I'm good with it.
0: And where are you located?
1: Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio.
0: Cleveland. Congratulations. The Browns just won a game.
1: <laughs> Our first game in like how long? Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Did you go downtown and get yourself like the free Bud Light or whatever they were doing?
1: No, I didn't. I didn't. I'm not a I'm not a big party girl. No, I didn't. It's okay.
0: It's okay, but like like we were talking a little bit ago. I'm, we've been trying to do this for a couple of weeks and our schedule got screwed up and your schedule was busy, so I'm glad we could connect and have a conversation with you. Yes,
1: I'm so excited. To, this is my first podcast,
0: so It's awesome. Thank you. We appreciate you doing that. So, to get everybody started and and to get to know you a little bit, could you just give us a little bit of your background and kind of the story of how and why you became a teacher?
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, I already said I live in Cleveland. I teach kindergarten. This is my fifth year teaching. Um, and I always knew that I wanted to work with kids. I always like worked really well with kids. I liked being around kids. Um, and so even like when I was younger, I used to like play school at home and I would um, like go to the teacher's store and buy like, um, buy like the teacher things and stuff like that, and like play school by myself, like a real, real winner in life or whatever. But then, so um, when I got to high school, my mom really wanted me to be a nurse. She was like, nursing is a thing and everything like that. So I joined the n- nursing program at school. And I was like, I hate this. I don't like needles. I don't like sick people. I don't like hospitals. And my dad was like, Well, you have to tell your mom you don't like it. And I did. And then, like, it was like history from there. I went to Bowling Green to be a teacher, and here I am.
0: I I uh, you know I I taught in Houston before moving back to Wisconsin. There were a ton of Bowling Green people. Like, really? Yeah, because
1: yeah, it actually started off as a school just for um, educators. Like, so it's like a big, it's a pretty good school for teaching.
0: Yeah, I had a I had a roommate for a semester that she was uh, she came down to Houston to student teach. She was from Bowling Green, and now she's in New York. And I was just like, man, there were there were a ton of like I I grew up in Wisconsin, but. Bowling Green, there were a bunch of Ball State people, and then a bunch of, you know, colleges over by us, so yeah, Bowling Green. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so, you know, through your educational experience, did you have a, ever have a favorite teacher, like someone who just really stood out to you?
1: I actually have a few favorite teachers, and if I only say one, I would feel bad. Um, so, my favorite teachers were Mrs. Rice, that was my first grade, t- well, she was my first and second grade teacher. Mr. Berkey was my third and fourth. Mrs. Jackson was my fifth grade teacher. And then Mr. Marinowski and Mrs. Johnson. And yeah, I loved them.
0: What, did, they, did they all have something kind of in common that, that made you really like them?
1: I knew that they loved me. Like that, like I knew that they loved me, that they cared about me. Like they really just took the time to like just know me. Like even to this day, like if I, I follow some of them on Facebook, like they still follow me, they'll mess and they remember things like that. I don't even remember. And I'm like, how do you remember that about me? And like, that was years ago. And so like, it was just like, it wasn't just like they were my teacher, they like really cared. Even when I was being a pain, like they still like, they cared.
0: Do you think do you think having them has impacted who you are as a teacher?
1: Yeah, it has. Like, I just, I try, I try to think of them and I'm like, I want to, I want to be that for my students. Like, I hope they look at me the way that I look at them.
0: Right. Right. So I, we, we kind of went over your, um, uh, your, your YouTube a little bit. I really liked your video on your routine of smiling, mindfulness and breathing. So could you talk a little bit about that and how it impacts your students?
1: Okay. So I got the idea this is something new that I just started this year. We've always done like, so like Go Noodle has like the, like they have like the meditation videos. I've always played those and stuff. But I wanted to like just have something separate from that where they weren't like really watching a screen and they could take it with them because I feel like, you know, like if they're watching a screen or watching a video, they can't really do, they don't really know how to do that like on their own, especially like mm-hmm. with my younger one. So I wanted to give them something simple. So I saw that video. And I saw it over a year ago. And I remember saying to myself, like, I want to start doing that with my kids. But then like, I kind of just like maybe forgot about it. And then I thought about it again this year. And I was like, no, like, it's really important for my students to know how to deal with their emotions. And like, I've just become like more interested in just like the mental health care here in America and just like how things are and just really like wanting to like take care of myself and do self-care things for myself. And then like, Teaching my students how to do that too, so that they can hopefully these things become a habit for them, and they learn how to do it on their own time. And so, I mean, it's really it's really cool. Like, I will even like when it's one of my students getting upset, I'm like, "What do we do when we're getting upset?" And they say, "I smile, I breathe, and I focus." And like they will sit there and they'll do it right in front of me. So it's pretty cool.
0: And it yeah, and it works with it works with kindergartners
1: Hmm, and I mean. It, like, the video that, um, his name's Prince, Prince Ea, or Prince Ea, I don't really Mm -hmm. know how to pronounce it, the video, like, he really, like, he, like, breaks, it's, like, a six-minute video, and he breaks down, like, why the smiling part is important, and why the breathing, and why, and it's, like, all scientifically proven things and stuff like that, so it was just, like, it's not, like, just something that we're doing that's, like, cute, it, like, really, like, works.
0: What, it, what does he say? The, do you remember what he says about like, what's important about those things?
1: So the smiling portion, he says that um, in a nutshell, basically that when you smile, even if you're feeling sad or upset, when you smile, it sends like something to your brain that tells your brain like, oh, I must be happy because I'm smiling. And so then it, al- like, it ultimately alters like how you're feeling. And then the breathing part is just like, he gives an example where he says like, breathing is important. Like try not breathing for X amount of seconds and see how you feel. And it's just like sending oxygen to your brain. And then the focusing is just like about just learning how to control your thoughts and not focusing on things that are negative and like making sure that you're like, so just learning how, so like when I tell my kids to focus on right now, it's learning how to control like what you let into your mind. Mm which is like something really big that I do for myself personally. Like right. when I'm starting to get upset about something, I'm like, stop thinking about that. Like, let it go. Like, you don't need to. And like, I mean, like just like, I will, I will tell myself like, no, you're in a good mood. And like, it seems like, no, you're not, but like it works like, and I'm like, no, but now I am like,
0: Yeah. You know, I, uh, I've been, been doing meditation for a couple of years now. I use an app called headspace and, and I notice how, how different, like, and today was a perfect example. I was on my way home, a drive that should have been like a 35 minute drive Mm -hmm. and it took me an hour and a half. And I was just like gritting my teeth through it. But I just, I was able to, like you said, to kind of, um, focus and say like, this hour is not, you know, the extra hour or 45 minutes or whatever, it's not going to make a difference in the grand scheme of my life. And to just be able to let it go is really good. And, and I think, you know, like you said, the, the mental health aspect is so important and, you know, we're learning more and more how kids, you know, that young, not only that they can do it, but it really benefits them a lot. I've, we've, we've talked a lot about the schools who use like meditation instead of detention, and how it reduces the problems that kids have going forward. I think
1: those things are amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's really, I, I see a difference. Like I, I have like a calm down tub in my classroom and I haven't even brought it out because I also like this year I was like, it's a good tool. Like it's like a tub with like a bunch of like different sensory things. Right. And I'm like, it's a good tool to have, but like my kids aren't always going to have a tub of things with them. Like it's almost like, I need them like, unless I like, if I had a kid who like this wasn't working and this wasn't working, then like, I want to bring it out. But I was like, I don't want to start off with that. I want to start off with something that they can just do with themselves and things like that. And I even have a book that a friend let me borrow. And I can't remember the name of it right now, but I'll have to share it like on my story or on Instagram or something tomorrow. But it has like all these different, like each page has a different like technique for kids to do. And like, one of them is like, smelling the flower and then blowing out the candle or like one of them is like pretend like you're blowing on a like on hot cocoa and things like that and it's like all these different things on just teaching them how to like just learn to breathe and relax it's really cute and so like I'm just trying to like just do I don't know like I just always try to do just more than just like I can't just do social studies science math like the way the world is like my kids need to know like how to be good people and how to control their emotions like they have to know that
0: right Right. And what's, what's the demographics of the school you teach at?
1: Um, So it is predominantly Caucasian. um, And they are, most of them are between like middle class or upper class, but then Mm -hmm. there are some that are not, but it's like a, it's like a weird mix. Um, It's a rural area. So like my kids, um, they either are like very well off and live in like these beautiful, beautiful homes or like they're like, they live on like a farm and they like are like, you know, um, but yeah, that's the demographic.
0: Nice. Nice. So we were also checking out and we, we noticed that you, you really put an emphasis on goal setting for your students. So Mm -hmm. what's the importance of that? and, And why do you choose to anchor chart it every month with them?
1: Okay, so the goal setting idea came from our school is a leader in me school, which basically just focuses on like teaching students how to be leaders. And like one part of the leader in me focuses on goals. But like I kind of like really like that part and like include it probably like a little bit more than like, I guess maybe and not that it not more than it has to, but it's just a part that I really like. And um, I liked it because I felt like when I was creating goals before you would create a goal and you'd be like, oh, I'm going to do this and then like that was all you would do. And then you'd like wonder like, why didn't I reach my goal? And then you're like, oh, well maybe I need to write it down. And so you write it down, but like there are actual steps that need to be taken into like creating a proper goal. And so like, it's about like figuring out what your starting point is and figuring out where you wanna be. Like that's the first part of it. And then coming up with strategies on how you're going to reach that goal and then actually tracking and monitoring that goal. And then having people holding you accountable for that goal and then like reflecting on that goal. And so the anchor chart portion just comes into when you are like working with kids too, it should be something that's easy for them to understand and easy for them to see and say like, this is my goal. Like if it's too wordy, if it's too lengthy, if it's too much, like they're not going to understand it. So it's like really simple. Like this is our goal. This is what we want to do. And this is what we're doing to achieve it. And then like the calendar that I have that goes along with that anchor chart. It's like Yes we, did. yes, we did what we were supposed to do to reach our goal today or no, we didn't do what we were supposed to do. And so it's just like, it's really easy for them to understand, but I just think it's really important for people to always strive to be doing something better or always strive to like achieve something more. Like, how are you doing at something? Can you be doing better or what more can you be doing? And I think that that applies to like my kindergartners and adults. And so I just, again, that's one of those things where it's like, if I teach them that now, hopefully they'll use it later And it'll benefit them even more in the future.
0: Yeah, you know, like you said, I've I've taught middle school and high school kids that don't have that concept down.
1: And I mean, it's changed my life. Like I find myself reaching like this year alone, like I've reached almost every single goal I've set for myself. And so, I mean, it's really just about like really monitoring and tracking your progress. Like you can't just say, I'm going to do this. And then the next day, like think that it's going to like, you actually have to like, be, be proactive about it and really look at what you're trying to do and like, do what you said you're going to do to achieve it.
0: Yeah. And I noticed, like, like you said, the writing things down, there have been times where I've done the, I, when I feel like my diet's getting off, then I'll write down everything I eat for a whole week. And then that's all it really takes. Or or the other one I've used before too is you have to write down everything you spend for a month. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> you wanna you wanna get humbled in a hurry? Just write down everything you spend money on, and you'll be like, oh geez, Louise. Oh no! I yeah, I
1: would. <laughs>
0: I'm not saying you have to, but those are just kind of examples of what you said. Yeah, so
1: yeah, I'm not ready for that. One of my friends, she talks about how she's like a like how she's like not buying clothes anymore and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm just not there yet. <laughs> One day, maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, really wanting to ensure that your kids are good people. Mm-hmm. And and I noticed that you, you really try to talk about acceptance with your students. So what's important about that and, and how do you, you know, kind of approach that with a group of kindergartners?
1: Um. So hopefully this is not inappropriate for the podcast but I always think about my students and I always say like I don't want my kids to be the kids marching down a street with tiki torches like that's not that's not what I want like right. and if and if they god forbid happen to do that like I don't want to feel like I didn't teach them how to love others and be good people. And so like that was like a life-changing moment for me where I was like I'm going to teach my students like how to love everyone no matter what. And, um, and so I just teach them like acceptance. We talk about like skin colors and different people and how people believe different things and how people act differently and how that's okay. Like that is what makes the world okay. And like, I feel like now is probably as good of a time as ever because kindergartners have so much empathy and they really like, they just love everyone. So if I can take this, this precious moment in their life and like build upon that then like, that's important. And then I really have to hope and pray that people following me will continue to do the same thing. And then it will just become who they are, you know? And so I just like, we just, we just talk about like different, like we do like our leaders, like where we talk, like right now we're talking about Hispanic heritage. And I tell them, I'm like, people didn't like people who were Hispanic because of how they looked and some people still don't like them. And I tell them that I'm like, there are still people who don't like people because of the way that they look or because of the way that they talk. And like, we'll even say like, sometimes people that we think are good people, like just because somebody's a, a, a principal or a lawyer or a doctor or a firefighter or a president doesn't mean that they're automatically a good person. Being a good person means that you stand up for what's right and you do the right thing. And I tell them, I say, so if you see someone No matter who they are, if they're not being kind to other people, you stand up and you say, that's not right. And like, I teach them that, like, without having to say, like, this person specifically is a bad person, just teaching them, like, what does a bad person look like? Or what does an unkind person look like? So that they can kind of determine for themselves, like, "Hmm, that goes against kind of what we learned in school. Like, you're not supposed to talk about people that look differently, or you're not supposed to not like them because they're from somewhere else. And then hopefully they learn that for themselves, like, that there are people that are unkind. And I always tell them, though, too, but you're the change. And, like, they will point to themselves and they'll say, I'm the change. And, like, I want them to know that. Like, there's going to be people who do the wrong thing, but it's up to you to do the right thing to show them what is right.
0: Do you think they, do you think they grasp, you know, like, what's going on? Like, I mean, do they, when you ask them, you know, about good people or bad people, do they give you... Like examples of like our political system or stuff like that I mean, are are they aware of that yet?
1: No, and I think a lot of it is, is because, um I told you the demographics, and so I think a lot of their families are in support of different political parties that I probably wouldn't be in support of, so that's why I have to like sh- shed lightly with things like right, So I can't like say how I feel about different things like that, and that's but that's another reason why I just feel it's so important. Because it's not like, I'm not trying to change, like, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, I don't care. But just like, just be a good person. Like, you know, and so like, I just try to teach them just like what a good person looks like. So no, I don't think that they grasp that at this point, because it doesn't affect them. Mm. Maybe if it was a different demographic, and it was affecting them, and they heard those conversations in their household, then probably, but I don't think so for my kiddos which that's fine, but I just want them to still just be good. Yeah,
0: Yeah, because I remember in 2015, I was teaching, I was still teaching in Houston, I was teaching sixth grade. And -hmm. that was kind of when Trump like really started to rise. And, you know, people were really like starting to think that he might actually, you know, go some places. And I had, these were almost predominantly all Hispanic kids. Mm -hmm. They were like, if he wins, are they gonna make my family go home and I just, I had no answer. I didn't, I didn't know what to say. And and I feel you too on that front. Cause I grew up very sheltered, like small town, Wisconsin, you know, mostly conservative, almost what, I mean, I think I had two African-American kids in my entire high school and maybe like 10 or 15 Hispanic kids. And some of them were like migrant workers. So they weren't there all the time. So I, I grew up kind of in a situation where, like your kids go through. And I felt like I was very empathetic and I was accepting. And then I got to Texas where there's people of every race and color and and everything. You just learn how much, how much bigger the world is. But I think it's, I think you're doing awesome work to be, you know, because I know a lot of people that would say kindergartners don't need that because they can't understand it.
1: No. And they, and it's, it's like one of those things where like sometimes like I struggle with like the fact that like I'm like mm, I'm in this school and these kids have great parents and they have great homes and it's like do they need me or should I be somewhere where kids but I'm like but it's a different kind of need right they need somebody to like that looks like me right they, they're they not around other black people ever mm-hmm. um and so or I mean I don't know maybe they are outside of school but inside of school they're not um because like you said that and so It's just like knowing that like people who look different than me love me. Like I had a kindergarten teacher who was black and she loved me and she taught me to love other people. And her dad came to school and he read to us. And, and so it's just exposing them to that. And so then I just try to do that as much as I can. Like, that's why I really focus, like in social studies on showing them different people because it's like, just because you can't see them in school, they're out there. There are people that are different than us and they are fine. Like they're great people. They're beautiful people and they're doing amazing things. And like just showing them like how many amazing people there are in the world. And I do think that my kids get that. They get that. Like they, I don't think not one of them will ever tell you that like, you know, they, they recognize that people look different and they also recognize that all people that look different do great and wonderful things.
0: Hmm. So we talked a little bit about some of the routines you have for your classes, but um, what does your morning routine look like, and and how does that help you set yourself up for success each day?
1: This is my personal morning routine, right?
0: Yes, I, I, whatever the, the YouTube video that was your personal routine, I was like, oh man, that's so good because I'm, okay. I'm usually a scattered mess in the morning. To be honest, so it,
1: it builds off of my nighttime routine. My nighttime routine is like the most important, or my morning routine is a mess. So, like when I get home from work. I try, the first things I try to do is like pack my lunch for the next day, like prepare my coffee so that all I have to do is press start. It has a timer on it, but I don't know how to use it. So <laughs> press start on the coffee machine, like lay out my clothes for work, lay out my workout clothes, have my bag packed, step by the door, like all of that stuff so that I have nothing else to worry about in the morning except for going to work out, coming home, taking a shower and then getting ready because the sec like, If I don't have my clothes ready, then I'm like trying to pick out an outfit. And that adds like an extra 15 minutes. If I don't have my coffee ready, that's an extra fact. And I like really, really count the minutes. Like I'm like, these are all adding extra minutes into my morning. And now I'm behind schedule. And so then like once I get to school, well, even my driving is like a good part of my morning. I I play um, music that I like. So sometimes it's like gospel music or sometimes it's just like feel good music. And then that gets me in a really good mood. And then I talk on the phone to my best friend every single morning. And that gets me in a really good mood. And then when I get to work, I actually have a checklist of all the things that I have to do in the morning to make sure that I have it done. So it's like, check your email, um, make any copies, set the math stuff out. Like, and I literally have to do those things. Or like when the kids get there, I'm like, dang, I didn't set the math stuff out. And when I'm off my game, my kids are off my game. And everything, it never fails. Like it never, Like this week, my kids haven't been, they've been off their game. And it's because I didn't plan everything correctly. And so like in between like doing things, I'm like, hold on, let me go grab this. Let me go do this. And I'm like, I'm not completely prepped. And so then they're taking that two extra minutes that it's taking of me not being like on top of it, especially in kindergarten. And it's like, I just, I can't. So I have to be like 100% almost, at least ninety eight point like nine percent mm. or it just messes the whole day up.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, I'm so much the opposite way. Like I, I so fly by the suit of my pants, but especially like a morning routine, like probably what it takes me to like shower and like get ready and pick out clothes is it's way different probably than, than you, because I, I have a closet like full of sweaters and I have a closet full of like dress pants and it's like sweater and dress pants. It's just like yeah. super easy. Well, see, no, like I like, it's, it's,
1: it's a lot like to pick out an outfit for me. And yeah. I try to do that in the morning. You always know when I don't have my routine together because I don't look my, my hair is up in a bun. I have no makeup on and I have on like my comfy pants and just a t-shirt and like, which is fine, like for some days, but like, I always feel like when I look my best, I feel my best and I do my best. So I try to like stay in my routine the best I can.
0: So you were talking online about why you think it's important to to let students be leaders now rather than in the future. What does that mean to you?
1: I feel like people think like kids like don't have ideas. Like and the older I get, which I'm not that old, but the longer I like the more I teach, the less I try to control what my kids do. Like that's why like my my classroom is like a flexible seating classroom and people will always ask me like well, how do they show you which seat they're going to sit? I'm like, they don't. They just go and they just sit down. Like, I am not, I have no interest anymore in trying to completely control my students' bodies. Like, yes, like, I don't want you hitting each other and things like that, or you need to learn your own personal space, but like, just do the right thing. And like, that's kind of like, I've like minimized as many things in my classroom and made it up to their choices and knowing what's right. And I feel like kids respect that more then you constantly telling them over and over again, like you have to do this and you have to do that. And you have to do rather than saying like, do you think that that's a good idea? Like for example, today we were in the hallway and one of my kids was like banging on a poster. I don't know what they were doing to the poster, whatever. And I just looked at them like, do you think that the person that took the time to make that poster would like to see you doing that to their poster? And they would like, looked at like they had the most disappointed face and they're like, no. And I'm like, than you probably and they're like I shouldn't do that and I'm like no you should and I don't know it's just like they they know what they want they have ideas they're smart like and like I was saying earlier like they are so empathetic and loving like their ideas are probably better than some of our ideas on how to handle situations and how to do things like I think like they would just give the most simple obvious answer to a lot of this stuff and it's like if we can build on that now like imagine what type of great leaders they'll be later so like That's why I like teach them how to make goals, teach them how to track their goals, teach them how to like, you know what I mean, do things on their own and be independent so that when they get older, they're not sitting there like, how do I do this? And what do I have to do for that? Like, no, you know how to do that. Like, I always tell my kids too. Sometimes I'm like, that's a kid size problem. You can solve that, like figure it out. Like, and they do like, they figure it out. Like, there's no brown crayon in the cup. What are you going to do? Look at another cup. Yep. You got it. Like, go on like they they know they're always looking for people to give them an answer because they're used to that and i want them to realize like there's not always going to be somebody to give you an answer to something so
0: mm, i mean that's such a good point cuz if they the the lot like you said the longer that kids um don't get the chance to make decisions the more stuck in their ways they're going to be of feeling like they can always get out of stuff or that someone's always going to do it for them Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and i mean i i just think that we 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 think that they're capable of less than they less than they what they are and they're capable of so much like they really they can do it like they can do it
0: so on your instagram i saw that you um you went you went to to get your teach on, and I'm interested because I, I went to teach your heart out over the summer, which I I think is is kind of a there are some accounts. But I want to know what your experience was like, but also why do you think it's important that uh, conferences like those, especially that where you're specifically learning from other teachers, why are they so important?
1: So get your teach on was so much fun. Like I've been to different conferences, and I am very big on taking. Each thing for what it is, right? So, like Mm -hmm. another conference that I've been to, we had like very meaningful, deep conversations. And it was like, and I love that part of it. And like, get your teach on was like that. It like refueled me. It got me ready for school. And it was like I was around all these people who just loved teaching so Mm -hmm. much that they wanted to spend like their summer doing this. And it was just like, I learned a lot, but it was just like good energy. And I'm very big on like energy. And like, so I just left there feeling good. And so, and then I mean like Hope and Wade, like they are just like, they are the, I think I'm a pretty good judge of character. And they are just like, I can just tell, like they really just care and they really just want to make a difference. Like, you know, you can meet some people and you're like, "Mm, you're in this for yourself. And I'm like, no, like this is way too much work for them to be in it for themselves. Like, and because I volunteered, so I was helping out. And so like, we were there from like, six in the morning till nine o'clock at night, putting stuff together before people got there, putting stuff together after, two days before the conference started. Like, and it was just like all of these amazing things to make educators feel appreciated and loved. And I think that that's so important because like, I know for me personally, like there are days where it's just like, you think about business people, like every time they go to a meeting, they have a catered lunch and they have all of these great parties and things like that. And it's like, we're making a potluck for ourselves and like, Oh yeah, this is so much fun. Like I have to cook so that I can have lunch today with my coworker. Like, you know, and it's like, those things are so fun too, but it's just like nice to have people like just do things and like, wow, like this, like, I feel like I'm really important. Like I'm actually doing something and people actually care and I actually matter. And so I just think it's important for also to get out of the same space that you're always in. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you learn so much about different people and how they're like, every school is so different. And I did not realize that until I started to like really talk to other educators. It's like, wait, you do what? Like, well, what's that like? And like, you learn a lot and it can also make you mad. Like, you're like, you get what? Like, we don't get that, but it's still nice. Like you learn a lot, but then you also get ideas and you can bring those back to your school and say, hey, like I've heard, I don't know. It's just, it's amazing. Like I I would go to like conferences every month if I could. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my- mm-hmm. like, it would give me like, I need a refuel at the end of the month. And then I'm like, yes, I can do this again. It's like church on Sunday. Like I need to go. Yes. So I get a little bit of Jesus and then I can make it through the week without going crazy.
0: Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, my, my, um, experience at teacher heart, was very similar to where you just, but I think you hit it on the head. It's just, it's such an under underappreciated profession. So so often to like you said to have people who go out of their way to just make something amazing like you and like you can you said you can tell by the time they put in that they really care and they really want teachers to feel appreciated and I think above everything else I think teachers would we could really use to appreciate our teachers more.
1: No we could like we I think a lot more should be done like across the board, but like, I don't know, like everybody wants to feel appreciated. Everybody wants to be praised. Everybody wants to feel like I'm doing a good job. And so I think it's important. And I think that, you know, that's why like these fortune 500 companies are, are where they are. It's because they, they make their employees feel good. Like, I don't know. I think it's important. And I think that we could probably see a huge shift in a lot of things that like teachers get blamed for. And it's like, Maybe it's not like just like we talk about like all these things we need to do for our kids to make them feel loved and good and things like that and making sure that they are feeling healthy and, and their mental health is good. Like we need to make sure that we provide teachers with that, too, because they're the ones that are mm-hmm. teaching the kids. Hmm.
0: Awesome. Well, I feel like we could talk all night about that, just that topic alone. But I definitely want to be respectful because I know you got a big Friday coming up. So a couple of questions just to end. What is one thing you think every kid should be taught?
1: um acceptance like how to be accepting of others and just I think that that's like really important Mm
0: -hmm. yeah I mean there's not much to really add that that's the one thing I think we all need I mean and as an adult I need to be more accepting there's just it's it's a constant thing that we go through so what advice would you offer to a kindergarten teacher who is struggling
1: you're going to make it. It'll be okay. It will be okay. They are just five-year-olds. They, they cannot defeat you. Don't let a five-year-old defeat you.
0: I, I, I was middle school and high school trained. And my first year out of college, I subbed one day in second grade and I never went back. Like I never went back to anything under like sixth grade after that. I, I don't, you guys, you guys are saints for doing that stuff.
1: Subbing for elementary school is not fun. I subbed for elementary school. And even as an elementary school teacher, I will say I didn't even like it because they are so much creatures of habit like that. It, it just throws them off. So like, I always feel bad when I have a sub, but they, again, they will not, they are just fine. They cannot, you will be okay. Oh,
0: I don't know if you say that though. I got a, th- I got a three-year-old nephew and a one-year-old nephew and the three-year-old alone, I'm with him like for two or three hours. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I don't know how, you, I don't know how you people do it.
1: It's exhausting. Just get sleep, take care of yourself, find your people, find your person. If it's not a people and mm-hmm. just like, it, it will get done. Like if you have like, leave your work there, like it'll, it'll be there when you get there tomorrow. Like, don't and also just be yourself like and just take time to have fun with your kids like it's okay to like skip a math lesson to talk to them about unicorns and rainbows because they really want to talk about unicorns and rainbows and it makes them really happy like it, it's okay mm-hmm. like, they will be okay you will be okay and everything will be they will not fail at math and life because you took a day off or 15 minutes off to just talk to them Like, because sometimes they just need a break too. Like kindergarten is not like the old kindergarten. Like it's a lot. And Mm -hmm. so just have fun with your kids. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. So before I ask you the last question and get you out of here, if people want to connect with you and learn uh, from you and with you, what are the best ways for them to do that?
1: Um, Instagram is the number one way at It's Monique's World. Um, I'm always on Instagram. You can, I respond to every single direct message I get. Um, you can comment, leave me messages, follow me on there. I do have a YouTube channel. I'm kind of bad at it sometimes. It's a lot to edit the videos and stuff, but same, it's Monique's World. Also have a Twitter. I, I don't know if I'll ever get into Twittering. Same thing, it's Monique's World. So any of those, but Instagram is like number one, or you can email me if you have like other questions that you want to ask. But all of those things are linked on my Instagram as well.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, you know, before I ask you the final question, just thanks so much for taking some time and helping me learn about what it's like to be a kindergarten teacher. Like I said, that's so far out of my, my realm and capacity that I, I'm trying to learn about it though. Cause it's good. It's good to understand the experiences of other teachers. So um, at the end, when it's all done, final question, what do you want your legacy to be?
1: I know. I read that question. I was like, "Oh, my legacy." I don't think I've ever thought of this before. Um, I de- I think I just want people to know that I cared, and I, I always did my best, and that, like, I was just a caring and loving person, and I always, like, no matter the situation, no matter what was going on, I tried my very, very best to just be the light and to let my like to let God's light shine through me, and to hopefully, like encourage others to just like see the good in life and the good in people and to just do the best that they can like that's what I would really hope is just that people knew that I cared because I really do I care a lot
0: awesome Well, Monique thank you so much for taking some time and coming on our podcast
1: thank you it was so much fun I hope I did a good job
0: oh it was great perfect thank you for checking out this episode of the podcast with Monique Waters if you want to support us and our podcast. The best thing you could do for us, and we would be really grateful if you would do this, is if you're listening on iTunes to leave a rating and a review. Um, what that will do is it will help us show up um, in searches of teachers who are looking for education podcasts and really help us tell these stories and bring positivity to more teachers. So, again, thanks so much for checking out the LED Project Podcast. And we'll be back with a new episode Tuesday.